Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is the 15th day of November. We are halfway through. Halfway through, about a week and a half away from Thanksgiving, and uh, just a little bit over a month away from Christmas. Scary, huh? Scary indeed. It is... um, it's a beautiful Wednesday. Well, it's it's raining now. My kind of a fall evening. I just want to get something out of there, out off the bat. I do. I know that there is a stain on the shirt. I know there's a stain. Well, there's a stain. There's multiple stains. And I know. Don't make any jokes, okay? Because we all know that man juice does not look like this. Okay, so let's just get all the cracks out. I'm dressed like a painter tonight. I understand, but it's a, it's a comfortable sweater, and I'm just wearing it. And uh, so I'm just putting it out there. I know that there's stains on it. So what are we going to do? Anyway, um, we have a lot going on. We have a great guest coming in. We have Jason Burmis is on the way. He's going to be here. We're going to talk a little bit about the, the maniacs at the G20. They've already given us some things to talk about. They've already given us some things to talk about. And then you have the fact that we have rogue missiles landing in NATO-controlled territory of Poland now. So trip wires, trap wires—it's all. It, 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 I mean, the escalate—it's oh boy, right? Just holding on to your life at this point. The New York Federal Reserve and uh, I think a couple others are rolling out now testing. They're now testing actively testing the um the digital dollar concept so now that is coming out just around the same time that they demand that cryptocurrencies be regulated after one of their uh one of their more successful uh money launderers uh of the last few years goes down in flames so there's uh, there's a lot of stuff going on right now a lot there's even more than that that's going on uh, i wanted to just i tonight i just wanted to thank all of my friends and affiliates and sponsors go to the affiliates page on quite frankly.tv we even have a brand new i even said last night i think a uh, a quite frankly official cigar i don't know if it's up on the lefty cigar website just yet but on the affiliates page lefty cigar they are starting to roll something called the jester i wanted something light a little bit more on the connecticut rap side of things because i'm not a uh, i'm not a big fan of the maduros just like with coffee and it's all for the same reasons, actually. All for the same reasons. 
the the, the darker wraps, the lighter wraps, the darker bean, the, the the darker roasts, the lighter roasts, all the same reasons, uh, by and large. But the the jester for those you uh, cigar smokers out there, who or if you have a cigar smoker, you're gonna buy for for the uh, the winter, the winter holidays, Christmas and uh, Thanksgiving and all that. Go ahead, the jester. It's a six inch Connecticut with a, just a light light hint of vanilla. I, w I wanted to see if they can actually do a little bit of vanilla, just very, very subtle vanilla and like cinnamon too. So it could be a very hot, they said, no, nah, trust me, it's either vanilla or cinnamon. We've tried all types of combinations, it doesn't work. And I, I didn't want it to be just be plain. The other thing was to have a, a seven inch torpedo. I know this all sounds very suggestive. The torpedo end, which I thought was interesting because of, you know, the jester hat is pointed at the end. So maybe just aesthetically, but it was just a, uh, a plain, nothing too special about the uh, the smoke. So anyway, there's that. There's the CBD. There's the, the survival uh, equipment. There's everything. Chocolate. You go ahead and do it. It's all on the affiliates page on quitefrankly.tv. Another thing for tonight. I know that Donald Trump's uh, announcement... I'm trying to see if Brendan Dilley will call in for five minutes in the, in the second hour because he's at Mar-a-Lago tonight. I didn't know about this until about an hour ago. So I got in touch with him. He said, yeah, man, I'm out here. So I'm going to see if we can get him to call in for five minutes. But either way, uh, at 9 o'clock when this Trump announcement goes live, I am going to drop off of everything except quitefrankly.tv. So we're ending the show at 9 o'clock as usual. But if you switch over to quitefrankly.tv, I am going to keep that stream live. I'm going to expand it over here on my right, and then um, we're going. We're just going to watch what this uh, this announcement is going to be. You never know what it could be. Um, so that's going to go on tonight on quitefrankly.tv. I'm just going to handle that extended extended programming myself since I'll already be live. So around nine o'clock, if you bounce over to quitefrankly.tv and you just jump into the foxhole chat then we can, uh, we can watch this together. Many, many hundreds of us, hopefully. Many, many thousands of us, hopefully. I, I would like to see everybody jump over, but um, that's what we got going on. Other than the things that I listed, yeah. We are in news overdrive today. People are still reeling from the, um, the practically, I don't know, the impossible of Carrie Lake's defeat in Arizona. It's not a defeat. She's just going to have she's just going to be made to eat it. The numbers are really strange, but why even break them down? We know what the hell's going on out there. We know what's going on out there. But uh let's just get started, shall we? Let's get started, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very happy to have you here tonight as I am every night of the week. Every night of the week, me in my my painter's sweater with the strange stains on it. I even showed it to Lauren, and she said, oh, let me wash that. And she put it through the wash, and it came out, and it's still like this. Because I was going to wear this on a show last week. And I said, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. People will rip me apart. You saw what they did to me over the blue sweater, which is coming back. I'm not afraid of you people. I'm going to wear the blue sweater again. I just haven't. It's been 75 degrees over here the last two weeks. Now it's wintry, and it's coming back out. There's no stains on the blue sweater. It just accentuates a tits. All right. Here's the first one up on the screen for the grab bag. A Space Force, listen to this, 
Space Force sushi supplier, so a caterer at Space Force, pleads guilty to filming naked women in the bathroom of a, of a missile base in California. Ong K. Zin was charged November 10th with one federal count of video voyeurism and pleaded guilty the same day. He was sentenced to three years supervised probation and $325 in fines, but isn't required to register as a sex offender and has had his jail time suspended. He was probably a long time, uh, a long time driver of, of Diane Feinstein's. That's probably what's going on. She got him off the hook things that he learned as as her uh, exclusive sushi supplier. He, he's got all the trade secrets, this guy. Zinn worked for Advanced Fresh Concepts, a California company that provides sushi services to the Vandenberg Space Force Base co Commissary. The sushi worker admitted that he had been recording people without their knowledge from December 2020 till January of this year. Deleted, uh, deleted images from his secret recording device revealed two pictures of him and pictures of four nude women from the employee bathroom. The employee of California Space Suit. So there you have it. A, uh, a sushi guy. Look. And I guess that's his, some of his work. See the salmon and the tuna. He does good work. Good for him. Not anymore, though. Not anymore. Whose rocket is that? Anyway. Just when you thought you can trust the sushi guy. Nope. Can't trust anybody around a woman's bathroom these days. Um, speaking of, let's go over to a story we touched on a little bit on Friday. Student, 19 years old, becomes Miss America's first ever transgender local pageant winner as critics accuse the woke competition of allowing opportunities to be stolen away from female contestants. Brian Nguyen, 19, will now compete in Miss New Hampshire next year. The college student won an undisclosed amount of money along with his title. Uh, the former Miss, what is this, GB, what does that mean, Green Bay? Liliana Liliani Doubting blasted the woke pageant. A student has become Miss America's first ever transgender contestant to win a local pageant, prompting critics to accuse the woke competition of allowing opportunities to be stolen away from female contestants. Now, as you all know, uh, it's not just woke. I mean, here it is. The, the, look at this. Look at this freak show. It's a freak show. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. It's not just woke which is, of course, just a euphemism for brain dead. But visually, visually, this is the epitome of modern art, if you ask me. Modern art, right off the bat, that's what I'm seeing right now. I'm seeing all that form, those formless globs of shit that is, that is, that, that's put all over the place, like PepsiCo or something like that in, in Purchase New York, all right? To see among the ranks of these young fit, modestly dressed girls from New Hampshire, this big, misshapen, pug-nosed Filipino man, I I'm, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. Where, where, let's see. Among, among the ranks of all these, these girls, to see this big Filipino man with the pug nose, I'm very sorry for the description. Perhaps it's insensitive. 
but I, I think it's more insensitive for the girls who are being sidelined for this stunt. I mean, you know what I was watching today? You know, I was watching today some footage from a face-off that was going on in New York City, I think yesterday or the day before, between a group of women that were protesting. Um, They're protesting against pharma and the media and education for pushing this trans stuff so hard to the point where we are right now, uh, where men with at least one or a few at the same time mental conditions are co-opting women's spaces, their sports, their their services. And, you know, a lot of women, th- those, those are the women like J.K. Rowling who are called TERFs, trans-exclusionary radical feminists and all that stuff. A lot of women are, are catching heat for wanting to defend actual women's issues. I mean, it's usually just a, a catch-all these days, but this is real. And on the other side of the protest were, was a group of Antifa transvestites Topless men with makeup and teased hair uh, threatening to punch the women. My fists don't discriminate. Some of them were screaming. The shirtless men were saying. But you see, it's okay for them to say that because in their minds, they believe they're women and women can't fight all the time. It's, it's just totally fine. In their minds, yes. And also, they've been told that they are women and given standing ovations by people like Michael Strahan and the cast of Good Morning America. And this is just, uh, and this is what we what we end up with. So, feel bad for the girls in New Hampshire that had to stand bes- behind uh, that big Filipino display of manhood. Very odd. Very very odd. And um, there's no more polite ways to talk about this. And they put us in this position. All right, here's a little something from fizz.org. This is going to make a, a big splash. NASA's returning to the moon with mega rocket launch. Third time's a charm. After two failed attempts, we talked about those attempts as they were coming and going, or actually they didn't go. Uh, NASA was readying to launch its new mega moon rocket early Wednesday from Florida, less than a week after the massive machine withstood a hurricane. Our time is coming, and we hope... That it is on Wednesday, said Mike Serafin, the manager of the much-delayed Artemis 1 mission at NASA headquarters. The weather promises to be favorable with an 80% chance of launch during a two-hour window that begins at 1.04 a.m. local time. As expected, Charlie Blackwell Thompson, NASA's first female launch director, wow, gave her go-ahead on Tuesday after to begin uh, afternoon to begin fueling operations. So, um... That's what they're doing. They're sending up an Artemis and they want to try to see if they can get back to the moon. That's what they're saying, at least. If takeoff happens on Wednesday, the mission will last 25 and a half days with a splashdown in the Pacific Ocean on December 11th. NASA is banking on a successful mission that after developing the SLS rocket for more than a decade, it will have invested more than $90 billion in its new lunar program by the end of 2025. Artemis 2 will involve a flyby of the moon with astronauts in it in 2024. Boots on the ground should happen during Artemis 3 no sooner than 2025, with the crew set to include the first woman and the first person of color <laughs> on the moon. They should bring. They should send the, uh, the New Hampshire transgender winner up there, too. Just get him in, into a, uh, a seat. Have a good time. You know what's funny? 
after all the delays and all the money spent and the time, all this shit, I, um, it, it got me thinking about the elections again because it's just like, it, it's almost just like the 21st century elections that we know now, especially in the last four years, when the technology gets so much better than it was in prior generations, but then it gets just so harder to take care of tasks that we had supposedly mastered so long ago. I mean, we supposedly sent men to the moon in a fucking typewriter in 1969. Fucking thing was a typewriter. And now it's just, we're working our way back. We're working our way back. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't trust anything. I, I don't trust anything. I wish, I wish I did because this would be exciting. It really would. Here's another thing that gets me a little bit. Molly Hemingway, she was re she retweeted uh, Greg Price on something re regarding the election. Greg Price said, perhaps our problems are not so much about the quality of our candidates and more about the Republicans shitting the bed when it comes to taking advantage of the evolving voting procedures Democrats have mastered to their advantage in states like Pennsylvania and Arizona. Molly Hemingway said there are dozens of contributing factors, but this single one explains at least 60% of the election outcome, maybe more. I mean, mastered what? I mean, they created them, and many of them are illegal. Arizona and Pennsylvania did not pass new voting legislature in their, in their state governments. That's the whole point here. That's why the states collectively had a gripe with the 2020 election. They should have sued Pennsylvania and other states like that. When Article 2 of the Constitution was completely, was completely broken and violated, and, but, but when you have a Chief Justice that says, go right ahead, you're doing fine, then what are you going to do? And now you, have, now you have Democrat governors in Pennsylvania and Arizona that are there for at least four years who are working under arbitrary green lights given by the Chief Justice of the, uh, of the United States Supreme Court. To go right ahead, you, uh, act under executive fiat, Article 2, and the state legislature doesn't really mean that much. So there you go. Now, with that out of the way, knowing that you're not going to be able to roll any of this shit back in states like Arizona and Pennsylvania, which are crucial to winning, you say that you, you have to count out Arizona and Pennsylvania, and you, oh man, your path to the White House is, is ridiculously narrow, even though what does it matter? But the real point here is... Um, what does this mean? It means that they have to get really good at ballot harvesting, which is like trick-or-treating, but for voters, but for votes. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, the, the ballot stuffing, the, the mail-in shit, the outreach, all that stuff. It's almost like you have, it's like, who's going to cheat best? We all have to do the same thing. Like, it, it, who does that benefit? I don't know who that benefits. If all this stuff is not rolled back, and you don't get voter ID, and absentee ballots aren't the way that people who can't actually get there physically aren't act, aren't understood again because through that there's there's identity verification and and, and that stuff. Um, then we're talking about who cheats the best. And please count me out of that shit. I I I guess I shouldn't even vote. Just throw one in for me. I'd say just say throw one in for me. Another thing I would like to do, though, little bit of a pat on the back, because I got a lot of I got some crap for this this stance. But uh, Texas, 
Texas uh, declared an invasion at the U.S. southern border today and authorized, quote, unprecedented measures to defend the state. That's from Governor Abbott, which was, this was always his responsibility, always. We got a few uh, funny, hypocritical sound bites from Eric Adams and Lori Lightfoot, but the midterms were still uh, stolen, and now, after sending thousands and thousands of people deeper into the interior of the country just to get lost, just to get lost and completely unaccounted for, after all that, Texas is now doing what it was always, it always had the responsibility of doing. Could have just done this from the beginning. Here's some of the, the, uh, the bullet points of what's coming down there on the border. Deploy the National Guard to safeguard our border and to repel and turn back immigrants trying to cross the border illegally. Deploy the Texas Department of Public Safety to arrest and return the border immigrants who cross illegally and deploy DPS to arrest illegal immigrants for criminal activity. Build a border wall in multiple counties on the border. Deploy gunboats to secure the border. Designate Mexican drug cartels as foreign terrorist organizations. Enter into a compact with other states to secure the border. Enter into agreements with foreign powers to enhance border security and provide resources for border counties to increase their efforts to respond to the border invasion. Now, out of all those things, it sounds like a conversation that Chris Ann Hall and I have had a couple of times, much to some people out there chagrin because they were they were rather liking the 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 trafficking of people deeper into the the country for some reason out of all that stuff i don't i wonder what texas's ability it is to enter into agreements with foreign powers that's the only thing that i don't i i am a little bit uh fuzzy on but everything else is completely within their rights and always has been and i'm glad it's finally being taken seriously I really am. So that's good. That's good. By and large, the whole idea of national divorce is being taken seriously by a lot more people. It's trended a lot. People it's, people are a lot more comfortable talking about it. That's another thing that I would get emails from time to time. Frank, I understand your you know frustration, but we got to keep this country together. Like, Then you don't understand what, what this, this, this union is all about. To break us apart is to actually snap the scar tissue of illegal activity that has bound all 50 states together in ways it was never designed to be. A divorce in a decentralizing sense, a divorce for, uh, that, that states can have and put a barricade up between them and the federal government, which they must, they must find a way to do because it's within their power. It's actually in the contract that everybody signed to enter into the union. That is a restoration of the country. That's a restoration of the country, okay? It's, it's not as bad as an actual divorce in, in real life, but it's just, um, just one of those things. You know, each side, and it, it comes from everybody. Each side doesn't want to live around the others anymore, and everybody has their reasons, the left being far more abusive and self-deluded and thieving than everyone else. But, uh, you know, when you're in a... When you're in a bad relationship like that, you break up. In conditions like this, you break up. That's uh, that's the way it is. And thankfully, the way we've been bound together is illegal to begin with. So uh, it, it actually should uh, really be a nice restorative practice. But that's going to take a lot of fighting. And we'll talk about that sometime because the tax rebellion part of that is going to be the messiest. That'll be the messiest. 
that'll be another night. We'll revisit that topic and talk about a 21st century breakup. What does that look like in a federalist sense? All right, we'll be back in just a minute. Have a little bit more groundwork to lay before Jason Burmis joins us to talk about things around the world. Don't go anywhere. Can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all of my press? This town needs an enema. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! The rogue missiles that go flying into Poland. Oh boy. Hello everybody, welcome. And remember, we have a brand new super chat system that you can take uh, part in. I encourage everybody who used to and were kind of off-put by the way that PayPal was acting. Uh, Quite frankly, superchat.com now uh, stands as a new universal superchat for people, no matter where they watch the show live or on demand. And uh, you have an option to avoid PayPal now. So there's more than one option there, and there is a non-PayPal option to contribute thoughts and uh, general gifts to the show while we're air, or if you want to leave us a message off air. So, quite frankly, superchat.com. I'd love to read some of your stuff onto the record in a little while. All right. And just remember, again, for those of you who didn't hear it when I signed on at 9 o'clock, when we get off here, I am going to leave the stream live on quitefrankly.tv. I will be on as well, and I will do picture-in-picture, and we will watch what comes out of Mar-a-Lago because there's a 9 o'clock announcement. So, So that's what we have. I have a few things I want to do first. Number one, because so much is happening at once now. Here come programmable dollars. New York Fed and 12 banking giants launch a digital dollar test. 
Never let a good crisis go to waste. Our market crash, for or a market crash for that matter, with equity and bond markets stuck in brutal bear markets and providing a sufficient distraction to what is happening behind the scenes, the Fed and a group of banks have been quietly preparing for the next stage in the organized crash pipeline, the rollout of CBSC. According to a statement by the New York Fed, global banking giants are starting a 12-week digital dollar pilot with the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, the participants uh, announced on Tuesday. Citigroup, HSBC Holdings, MasterCard, Wells Fargo are among the financial companies participating in the experiment alongside the New York Fed, which will provide a public contribution to the body of knowledge on the application of new technology to the regulated financial system. New bosses, same as the old bosses. New scheme, same as the old scheme. Only this mask is digital. So it's just so, it's brand new and fresh. And the old the old thing had to go away. Cash that is just so analog, you know? It's not that they, they, they thieved. It's not that they're thieving pricks over the last hundred years. They took the world by storm and amassed a, a, a ridiculous fortune of many hundreds of trillions of dollars even. No, no. It's just new. It's just the new thing. It's just the new thing. It has begun. Yes, it is. It has begun. Let's go somewhere else now. Let's go over to Russia. Well, or Poland. Two dead after Russian missiles land in NATO state Poland on Ukraine border. I saw this. I'm sure a lot of people did and went, here we go. Two people have been killed in Poland after two stray Russian rockets landed near the border with Ukraine. The rockets landed in NATO state following Russia's mass bombardment of Ukrainian cities earlier today, which saw over 100 rockets launched. According to the AP News Agency, a senior U.S. intelligence official said that the missiles were of Russian origin, although after I read this, I saw um, official U.S. channels also saying that they could not make a determination just yet. Um, Poland's Prime Minister Matusz Morawiecki has convened the Committee of Council of Ministers of National Security and Defense Affairs as a matter of urgency government spokesperson Peter Muller confirmed with local news sites claiming that it is likely the result of explosions a spokesperson for the Polish government has said the readiness of their military units is being raised now, after that, got a little bit from Zero Hedge. Poland invokes NATO Article 4 over alleged Russian missile attack. Despite the alarmist talk all afternoon that NATO could invoke Article 5 Collective Defense Treaty over the alleged Russian rocket attack on a border town, the result of the Polish government national security emergency meeting is going in the opposite direction, and it seems there won't be an escalation today. Polish government spokesman Peter Muller said uh, that Poland has agreed to increase its military readiness, though crucially still admitted it was not clear what caused the explosion in the southeastern town of I'm not even going to try. Russia has vehemently denied it was behind the explosions which killed two people, so instead of Article 5, Warsaw is merely talking the much lesser known Article 4, which requires consultations when NATO member is threatened. So, all of a sudden, everybody went, oh, here it goes. 
here goes. What is this all about? And what are these explosions? Will we ever know? Don't know. I don't know. We've already forgotten completely about the pipelines. We've forgotten about Nancy Pelosi's husband. We've forgotten about everything. Everything. But it's just always teetering. Always. But uh, beyond that, ladies and gentlemen, there is the, the world, well, I guess it's the Davos crew, the World Economic Forum crew, the Club of Rome crew. It's all the same people. And they get together for the G20, and, um, and they're talking about, again, for as Nazi-obsessed as everybody in this country is, I'm going to play some of these clips with Jason Burmis on the air, but for as obsessed as everybody in this country is about finding Nazis and exposing Nazis, what Klaus Schwab is able to do in front of a camera and, uh, and microphones and have it be pushed around the world and have nobody bat an eye is truly impressive. We're, we're over here in the United States d- digging up the graves of Confederate generals to try to, uh, to try to, I don't know, prove a point. And meanwhile, this guy is making public addresses every other week about how he and his friends are going to re-engineer the entire planet, the entire experience of living on this planet, and nobody bats a fucking eye. Uh, Jason Burmis is with us right now. I can't wait to talk to him about this and everything else. Jason, how you doing? I'm doing very well. How about yourself? Oh, I'm just chilling. I'm chilling, man. So, I mean, I don't know where you want to start because between the Poland thing today... We had that. We had the digital dollar pilot program that was uh, was announced by the, the New York Fed and, and elsewhere. This is on the heels of the FT- FTX crash, which seems to be just one of a couple of dominoes that are going to fall because of this. What are you most paying attention to right now? Honestly, COP27 is probably the biggest deal in regards to um, the predator class trying to codify their social credit score slash carbon-based agenda. In fact, uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, but they actually uh, had a meeting at Mount Sinai where they declared it a new global religion and had prayers of repentance over climate change. Uh, I know this sounds like something out of some kind of dystopic science fiction movie, but this is them moving back into a Gaia-esque type religion where man, humanity, is subservient to nature, and we must bend the knee for all the evils that we have caused it. I, I, I mean, I can't believe I missed that. The the religion, almost a repentance at Mount Sinai. Jeez, man! I mean, everybody always everybody has in the back of their head they would love for something biblical to happen to set the world right, but it always goes in the opposite direction. Um, uh, this B twenty, now is this all uh, this all CO twenty seven G twenty? Is it all linked together, or are they are they like uh, parallel organizations and and summits that are going on right now? Uh, they're very much sort of parallel organization. So let me give people a a rundown. In my film, Invisible Empire and New World Order Defined, that I put out uh, in 2010, I believe it is, uh, we talk about COP15. And there at Copenhagen, they were trying to codify this carbon system into law, but they were in the midst of a scandal most people forget about, which is called Climategate, 
where a lot of the emails with these trust the science scientists were leaked and showed that the data did not show that the earth was warming, but in fact was actually cooling on a curve. And this notion of man-made climate change via carbon emissions was a bunch of Johnny nonsense. Uh, Lord Moncton at the time had uh, really highlighted this and fought against some of the provisions that eventually failed. Well, here we are over a decade later, and these people after COVID-1984 have become even more brazen. And now you've got a puppet in office that is spouting all the talking points. Um, so several days ago now, I believe it was on the 11th, Joe Biden gave his speech at COP27. And he acknowledged right from the very beginning that John Kerry is really doing the legwork here. And this is it. Uh, he also admits, and no one seems to cover this, that the uh, quote-unquote, uh, what was it, the Inflation Reduction Act was really a climate change bill. Says it in the sentence. He literally says that we, we passed our climate change bill, the Inflation Reduction Act. So basically, their version of the Green New Deal, which they couldn't get back uh, or passed with their Build Back Better moniker, they just relabeled, okay, the Inflation Reduction Act uh, via the inflation they've inflicted on the American and global populace, as they denied it, by the way. Mm -hmm. And then they just passed their climate bill. I mean, this is where we're at in 2022, my friend. I, I, I you know, I was going to bring that clip. I was going to bring that clip uh, of of Joe Biden saying it too, because I think that was he was making a statement. Then somebody screamed in the background and kind of interrupted what he was saying. And I was thinking about throwing it in here. I have two clips though. One from this guy you were talking about. I, I get they're giving us like a, a, an option between either pandemics or or world war. And uh, I think both are going to be necessary, if you ask me, with the kind of cleanup and reset that they're trying to do. But this guy, Sedikin, Sedikin, anyway, it's a 50-second clip over here. I want to play the audio for you. Everybody else will see the, the video. And he's talking about what's going to, what we're going to be facing technologically and security state-wise during the next pandemic. It always comes back to the, uh, the, uh, the environment as well. But listen to this. So let's have a digital health certificate acknowledged by WHO. If you have been vaccinated or tested properly, then you can move around. So for the next pandemic, instead of stopping the movement of the people 100%, which clogged the economy globally, you know, you can still provide some movement of the people. Indonesia has achieved, G20 country has agreed to have this digital certificate using WHO standard, and we will submit into the next the, uh, World Health Assembly in Geneva as the revision to international health regulation. So hopefully for the next pandemic, we can still see some movement of the people, some movement of the goods, and movement of the economy. There you go. Hopefully for the next pandemic, Jason, we can get a little bit of movement. Of course, only those who are being biologically tracked by WHO-approved megasystems. It's absolutely incredible that they would even dare to say the next pandemic over and over and over and over again in unison when this was sold to many, when they were telling people just to mask up and take the jab as a once-in-a-lifetime event.
But you and I know that's not the case. And even more obscenely, I don't know if you've seen this headline. Uh, not only is the headline obscene, but the way the story starts out is also obscene. Pfizer and Moderna launched trials to track whether health issues arise years after getting their COVID vaccine. So they're admitting, obviously, there were no long-term trials on this. But I just want to read how this is phrased in the second sentence. Are we ready? Yeah. The studies will involve monitoring the small number of Americans who suffered rare side effects after receiving the shots over the past two years. So just there, they're framing it in a manner that it's a small minority, obviously, and it's rare side effects on top of that, priming the public yet again. But now saying, oh, we're doing something. Yet this isn't a headline anybody's talking about. You know, forget about the fact that they never really uh, stepped into the public arena and said that we tested for transmission. In fact, if you were following channels like mine that were, were having videos taken down all over, we were telling people, they're telling you that it doesn't stop transmission, that there aren't any trials on that, that the best that it's going to do is supposedly keep you out of the hospital or stop you from dying if you do get it after the fact. And people scoffed at that, and now that's mainline knowledge. So I would say that there, there's so much so many important stories. I mean, you just talked about the Ukraine, for instance. How many people are aware that the head of our uh, CIA, Bill Burns, was just meeting with his counterpart from Russia and discussing this conflict? Now, the United States' official position is that these aren't peace talks. That's a horrible official position to have. That tells you that they're not really looking to de-escalate as they as as much as they are trying to contain the situation and just make sure that it doesn't escalate to a certain level and who knows maybe they want it to escalate to that certain level um certainly what what's going on there now uh seems to be an escalation uh we have to acknowledge that united states mercenaries and special forces have been there for some time on in that region on the border all right, directing most of this traffic. U.S. journalists from the get-go were not allowed to cover this. One of the few journalists that did, Michael Tracy, has continuously pointed this out. And that doesn't even get into, obviously, the space warfare that's being waged on them via Starlink and Blackjack and these separate drone systems, including the Ghost and Sidewinder drones. Um, th this started last February. We're going to blink and we're going to be at the one-year anniversary. Believe that. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's the end of the year. We're talking February to February. It's nothing. And, and here, the other thing about that, too, is you say, all right, well, containment. And it always comes back to, me, to, to this other thing where I say, all right, well, if we're talking about containment, we're talking about fear. We're talking about, obviously, from a, uh, a money standpoint. We, we knew the financial, the, finan the ways that... Uh, that um, the shadow state was was financially gaining from the war in the middle the wars in the middle east especially afghanistan how they were financially gaining running drugs through uh, that um that kind of operation gladio style shit that was taken out of europe and then into vietnam then into afghanistan we we know how that that all runs but now we're seeing with 
the FTX thing. That, that's probably just one of many ways that the, the, the 60 to $100 billion that has already been pummeled into that area is being washed out and used for other ways because it's not all bombs and it's not all old equipment. The other thing there too is um, the holding pattern thing can't keep up forever because you see more and more uh, countries around the world being admitted into the, this BRICS uh, union. So the, the American dollar is being bailed on big time. They're getting us set up for some kind of major transition. Uh, we, have, we have several several lines that need to be uh, assessed for, for major strain with, with um, uh, resources, whether it be energy or food or whatnot. So I don't know how much more this is going to really hold up. It's either they have to put it to bed or else, or it has to explode globally in a kinetic sense because I, I, I don't know where else we can go with this. Well, I think they want to keep their cartel-like systems in place for as long as they can. For instance, you talked about Afghanistan. For those that are unaware, uh, prior to 9-11, the Taliban, whether you love them or hate them, had really stopped the production in, of opium in Afghanistan uh, by leaps and bounds, over 90%. They had large, large, harsh punishments on these people. As soon as the United States came in, all of a sudden, this, this place was producing poppies like you couldn't believe. We had Fox News reports where we saw on camera that the poppy fields themselves were being protected by U.S. forces and the lead warlord, who was the biggest uh, dealer during that time period, was a guy named Walid Karzai. And Walid Karzai was the brother of Hamid Karzai, the initial puppet, puppet that was installed uh, after um, we went into that country, Operation Enduring Freedom. Uh, he was a Unical uh, executive, a pipeline executive, a gas guy, and his brother was a drug overlord. Hmm. I mean, this this is how the system actually works. So uh, I think they want to keep their corrupt puppets and their you know nepotistic partners at the top so they can keep these networks there. Meanwhile, I think they want to blow out the financial systems to try to bring in new ones of command and control on the digital end controlled by blockchain, even if there's competing ones at first. For instance, the more instability you have in the wor world, the more people are going to be part of the World Food Program run by the UN that they want to run on the blockchain through that very system and run refugee cat, uh, camps on that very system and then also run those people looking for employment through that very system. And that's in uh, accompanied by all of your data including biometrics, while you're basically in a slave camp. These are the things that are pushing forward during these systems that are being broken apart so these new digital systems can be erected and power can be consolidated. Let me ask you a question about this before I go to the, um, the longer clip from Klaus Schwab. Um, when you think about the uh, enduring freedom, Iraqi freedom, all that out there. Obviously, there is a um, there's a fall guy. There's an enemy that's in the target. We have Saddam Hussein. We have Osama bin Laden. We have uh, Al Qaeda, and, um, and and then you you have somebody to fight and somebody to beat up on. Even though in in uh, prior generations they had been assets and and friends and trading partners and all that other stuff, but in this case 
How do you see? I know you're in. I know when you look at something like Elon Musk's involvement with Starlink and Starlink's significance in the fight in in Ukraine. But a lot of people have pointed out too that at least in the past, uh, the not too distant past, Vladimir Putin has been a, uh, a a a valued member of World Economic Forum circles. Do you look at this as? Um, you know, when you're when you're out there making money in a place like Afghanistan, there's really aside from the people that you're pissing off locally. You know, the fact that when you're out there in the Middle East and you're destroying ancient cultures, you're actually making uh, enemies along the way. You're perpetuating that on a on a generational basis. That that becomes something. But you're you're mainly just you know keeping keeping uh, locals off. But when you have a uh, a force or a country like Russia at the other end of this Ukraine fiasco. Um, what do you think is going on there? Because are is there some sort of still coziness there? Is there a, an agreement among men? Or is Vladimir Putin finally off the, the bandwagon and really just looking out for his own interests? And this is as dangerous as uh, we all think. You know, I think there are different flavors of globalism and really a quote-unquote new world order or collectivism. Who's going to be at the head of it? When you look at this whole young global leaders thing, you know, it's went viral and for good reason. But at the same time, you have outright denials by guys like Dan Crenshaw that said they did anything. Uh, I've seen similar ones from Tulsi Gabbard. Whether that's true or not, I'm not sure. But then you put somebody like, a Putin into the mix. I'll say this. I, I believe that uh, Putin is not happy with NATO and the military positioning and where he feels uh, his region and his culture's place is going to be in this new world order. That doesn't necessarily make him a good guy. And that also doesn't make him a guy that won't cut deals with others within that power structure of the World Economic Forum within the power structure of the United Nations, the World Health Organizations. He may bend the knee to uh, certain aspects of those agendas because they also uh, mutually benefit him. So I, I don't look at him as a savior. Instead, I, I look at him more as a competing faction in this continuous movement. For instance, the Bell and Road uh, Belt and Road Initiative is going on right now. It, it's just like, when, when you talk about, for instance, sustainable cities and the idea that uh, Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030 are on the way, and most people think that's a very United States idea, they compare it to the Hunger Games, but then what do you have? You have the UAE and the Saudis building Neom, the line, which is essentially that very same thing and maybe a, a competing faction or model for that idea. So. I think that we are in a very serious situation if you're a common citizen like yourself and myself. But at the upper echelons, they're cartels, man. They're gangsters. And it's very rare that you upset that card table of these high-level gangsters that pose as you know political figures with the people's best interests at heart. That's almost never the case. Yeah. Now, I, I just try to compare, as you were saying, the um, that way of making money wherever you are in the world and and uh, really using whatever situation you've you've been uh, investing all of your forces into to be able to make some money along the way. It's a lot different when you have Russia at the back door than when you have 
farmers and and people in you know you know desert uh, desert communities and and whatnot who obviously have a lot of fight because we didn't do too well in Afghanistan over the course of 20 years, but plenty of money off the books money had been made, no doubt about it. It's just that they don't they didn't have the armament that the Russians do. That's for sure. Um, all right, so then let me ask you this. I have a uh, well, I have a clip over here. I like to play. Now we're going back to the G20. This is a, a minute and 20 seconds. Anytime you want to jump in on this, I'll pause it. So don't uh, don't uh, hesitate. This is uh, the rotting oyster face himself, Klaus Schwab. Schwab. Whoops. Here we go. Of course, if you look at all the challenges, we can speak about the multi-crisis. Economic, a political, a social, an ecological, an institutional crisis. But actually, what we have to confront is a deep, systemic, and structural restructuring. Imagine that the the uh, the, the the rotting face of the systemic. The rotting face of the structure that we are we are playing with. He's talking to all the, the bankers and industrialists of the world, uh, uh, of whom we use all of their infrastructure for for life itself, and it's rotting. Apparently, it's it's all them, but they want to recreate it. Just in, insane. Well, that, that is the irony, right? That that constantly they're telling us that the world is on fire and the uh, systems don't work. These are the people that have backed these systems. These are the people that have committed the real atrocities against planet Earth. And they're not carbon-based, but they are chemical-based, pollution-based, uh, GMO-based, genetically modified organisms that are going beyond our food and into animals and into the ecosystem. These demons are at the head of it. And then they want to blame us and act like we broke the system when we're, they're at the head of breaking the system so that they can further break the system of humanity being free of uh, a fair electoral system anywhere, any semblance of constitutional republics that what empower the individual based in democratic ideals. They want none of that. They want command and control authoritarianism in a techno-fascist society where they push transhumanism into a virtual era. And the transhumanism for you and I is that we take these devices that become our Internet of Bodies and are beyond track, tra trace, and database, but to create a digital doppelganger of ourselves, a mind clone, if you will, while they use the biomimetics, the biological technology to have this futuristic sense of a fountain of youth where they live in those bodies forever. That's the reality. I know that's a tough one, and people don't like uh, to come to that realization, but I can guarantee you the people at the top aren't lining up to jam Elon Musk's Neuralink human brain interface into their skull because they realize that that's just DARPA-run military-industrial complex technology there to enslave us mm. you, you know I, I would and I have I actually have thoughts on that there too because after this I want to just bring up real quick the uh, the very momentous occasion of the world finally reaching 8 billion inhabitants um, and then, I, and then I, I started thinking like a madman a little bit and uh, and I think what you just said right there goes hand in hand with it but when it comes to this guy Schwab and his ability to rattle off 
just pablum bullshit like that to say, you know, we, we have these the structural and the the, co- the social problems, so or or the cultural crises. I wish in a interview setting, obviously he would never sit down with a person like you or I, but um, I would love for somebody just to take that one at, one at a time. Can you tell us what the, the, the cultural crisis is or crises? Can you talk to us about multiple cultural crises and, and where are we seeing it? Uh, because I, I see cultural crisis that is at the hands of uh, migrant crisis that you and your friends have created through war and and deindustrialization and terrorism and all that stuff, trying to force different parts of the world to live together that are inc- incompatible. Um, I see cultural crisis where you trying to flatten out a once very culturally diverse uh, continent like Europe. Every nation state with an ancient uh, ancient cul- culture and customs that you're trying to just burn out of them. So what's the? Cr- I want him to actually say and what the crisis is that cultures exist that not a one monolithic culture exists out there and that's the problem. The problem they want everything to be monolithic, everything to be just melted down into one soup that they stir up however the hell they like. I would love to hear somebody ask him this question and uh, and not let him sl- slip and slide away. Well, I can almost uh, assure you of what the answer would be. There's too much inequity in the world. world. The, first, the first thing we would go to inequity. There's too much poverty. And there's not enough diversity in communities to tackle this. And there's too much bigotry. When it comes to gender identity, these are all the things they're literally pushing and they have talking points for. They're kind of the things that Joe Biden tries to push as he reads off a prompter, uh, but he can barely remain conscious. That's that's what the embarrassing aspect of it is. But if you're listening, that's the answer to these people. In fact, when you look at um, that future strategic warfare document that I've shown on your uh, broadcast many times, one of the things they talk about is... Uh, equalizing of the haves and the have-nots, right? So that's globally everybody except for the have-everythings. Because in order for you to have nothing and everybody else around you to have nothing, including the people that used to own the car dealerships that are no longer going to be necessary or the mom-and-pop pizza shops that are no longer going to be necessary, okay, you've got to equalize them well, the very tippity top, not only do they not stop their lavish lifestyle, but they increase that and they increase control over everybody under this guise, again, of being saviors. Hmm. Now, that's the whole ideal set. You know, I've been playing, uh, I played this clip probably, I don't know, a month or so ago on my show, but it was of Walter Cronkite back in the 60s promising everybody how awesome the world was going to be and how it was going to be the norm that you were going to get month-long vacations you were going to have 30-hour work weeks showing you all these devices magic right and what's elon musk saying as he launches his optimus robot he literally said you can have anything you want this is going to allow you to have anything you want that's verbatim played that clip as well these are the continual promises to society to make to sell you on the technology that will in no way empower us on that this level unless we change the power structure itself. That's the reality. Just like, again, 
50s, 60s, 70s, they sold you on the cosmonauts and the flying cars and the cities of the future. And again, you're going to work less. Now, instead of one person in the 50s and 60s raising a family of five with two cars and owning their home, you've got one person married to another person who are both working 40 to 60 hours a week, maybe at multiple jobs, who are struggling to pay for their apartment and their uh, leases on the cars they don't own, and feed their two kids. And That's and, the reality. And the cars aren't flying, but we do have hybrid city buses, though. <laughs> we do have hybrids for the city buses. That That's something else. Yeah, no, I, I, I get you. And ultimately, ultimately, what the promise is, especially now, before we go and finish this clip up, what, what, especially now, when I hear this stuff and when I hear you going back to the Cronkite type of um, promises of the past, what, is it, what does that really appeal to? That, that appeals to a species that has no other needs other than physical gizmos and gadgets, uh, you know, trinkets and toys. It is all totally devoid of, 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 of spiritual um, connection, of feeling, of am, uh, of satisfying ambition, of responsibility, of of you know any kind of creative force that is being um, that is being stimulated uh, inside of a person and inside of their communities and whatnot. It is just about you can have anything you want. It's going to be brought to you by a robot. It's not about empowering people to go out there and live a truly sensational and free, or to the best of their ability, human life. Because we know people try to live uh, the best of their lives, and some people have a rockier journey than others. That's also a part of life. The ups and the downs. They, they sell this, this steamrolled, flat, equal mindless nonsense to people as if it's even possible and then if they are able to give everybody just enough each they think that that is going to be satisfying it is antithetical to the human species and um, I think that's why no matter what they they continue to make gains in, they always start losing people um, people just you know they, they just slip through their fingers um, here let's uh, play a little bit more there's only a little bit left and since it takes some time and the world will look differently after we have gone through this transition process. Politically, the driving forces for this political transformation, of course, is the transition into a multipolar world, which has a tendency to make our world much more fragmented. And for these reasons, events like this one, the G20, and so on, are the very important connectors to avoid a too great segmentation. Okay. Well, sounds like a bunch of commie gobbledygook, if you ask me. <laughs> oh, I just can't do it anymore. Just can't listen to these freaks anymore. But they keep talking, and, and man, what a go-getter! Can you? And I, I was saying it as I picked up the call with you, Jason. We are such a Nazi hunting obsessed society. At least that's what people say they are. 
and uh, and and in 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 looking for Nazis, they go and harass old people at bingo nights, and they they uh, they go after and they try to hunt down parents that are concerned that their children are being read blowjob tutorials in in school at age seven. Uh, but but when it comes to this guy. When it comes to this guy who he and his corporatist friends are saying shit like this every other month, it just it's just, hey, man, stop being a uh, conspiracy theorist. It's absolutely absurd. And the thing is that this guy has not been shy about his plans for him and his cronies via the future, whether it be his book, uh, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, The Great Reset, or now The Great Narrative. I would also remind people that at the uh, 50th World Economic Forum, they had a ceremony where they essentially crowned uh, Prince Charles the uh, king of sustainability. Have you seen this? I have not. So basically there are 17 different colors and shades of colors for the sustainability agenda by the United Nations, and each color has a different thing for this agenda. So as this Great Reset Agenda was being announced at the World Economic Forum, it was really Klaus Nutschwab introducing Prince Charles. And in the background, they had a three-pronged crown behind him of all of the colors of these sustainabilities, which matched each agenda. The really interesting thing was, I, I told you that there were 17 of them, correct? Yes. Well. Uh, if you look at it, you actually see that it's a 666 six, six at the top. So they broke it up into 18. But the middle one, uh, the very middle one, is actually one color, two points coming together at the end. So there's only five actual points instead of six at the bottom. But there's six at the top. To I'm, ensure, I'm okay. trying to find. I'm trying to find. Uh, 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 I'm 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 searching for King of Sustainability, King Charles, and I'm, I'll do this. Okay. Prince Charles, W E F Crown, and we'll go to images, and here it is right here. So you're only seeing the ring until um, you zoom out, where you can see what I was talking about. Uh, man, let's let, let's find more like this. Can we not? Can we not get one where you can actually see the king? There it is. Here we go. So the, so they literally crown him. Wow. At this. And each color, like I said, and like it said, it's six, six, six. But this one at the top comes as you see this middle pos position right here. So it's only actually five. But they had to get their little symbolism in. And if you look at the, uh, let's just type it in, United Nations Sustainability chart we'll probably put it in there this is what they're putting in schools there it is the sustainable goals development and each one of those parts of the crown no poverty oh. zero hunger <laughs> like it's all right here i mean cartoon level I, I would encourage uh your audience and yourself to check out uh the documentary it's excellent documentary it's almost two hours long uh by truth stream media that talks about Prince Charles essentially being crowned king of the world. And Prince Charles has talked about this agenda being moved forward by a martial type or military plan. I've Prince heard Bill that, that yeah. I've heard that I remember hearing that he, he said, he said he uh, used those words in 2020. Absolutely. Uh, on the hinge of what happened there, 
uh, at the World Economic Forum. And I had always, I, I don't want to say disregarded it because I knew that Prince Charles was a uh, sociopathical eugenicist, but there, there's always uh, been kind of this mantra out there that Prince Charles has said that he wanted to be reincarnated as a virus to basically exterminate that was, a large... That was Prince Philip. Prince Philip, yes, not Charles. I'm sorry. So that was all said. I could never find that quote. And boy, they pulled it right up. Uh, it's in the it's in the book, uh, If I Were an Animal, in which uh, Prince Philip writes the forward. You can't get much more open and outward for your disdain of humanity than that, hoping that your reincarnation is of a virus that decimates humanity. Um, you know, he also, they also play a clip that I have in uh, Shade the Motion Picture from 1984 when he's being interviewed about the global population. And he basically says that human, he doesn't basically, he says human beings have reached plague-like proportions. Plague-like proportions. Well, it's speaking of the decimation of humanity and plague-like pr proportions, um, I've never talked. Well, we, I'm, I'm sure that baked into all of our conversations, there's an aspect of, uh, you know, population control or population reduction. Um, we just hit eight billion people on the planet. Uh, that that has been reported widely. So, of course, it's really just a, a question. When you see, when I see this over here. Uh, humans could face reproductive crisis as sperm counts decline. Study uh, study finds. Now, I, I always talk about the uh, the very uh, curious case of the Western population freak who keeps talking about overpopulation. The 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 Western. Uh, overpopulation freak who's always talking about the world is too crowded, but at the same time cannot even fathom that uh, we are not populating. That uh, it, it's only the black and brown countries that they that are are having children. They don't understand how racist it is to say that. Oh man, there's way too many poor black and brown people out there. It's incredible. But anybody who's actually paying attention to this in a responsible way sees that there is a dip. In nobody in in the Western world is at replacement levels with their um, with their birth rates. We know that there is a dip in testosterone. Uh, there has been a uh, an epidemic dip in sperm counts as well. So I mean, it's really a question of what is killing the sperm of Western men, aside from the culture being toxic enough to rob anyone of their will to live, of course. So. Um, there's that going on when you think about the decimation of humanity. We are being decimated. It seems a little bit more of a of a a, a, a psychological and um, I don't know a, a cultural thing over here, but the rest of the world that's that's pretty uh, that's pretty telling. It makes you wonder where they're going, what they're going to do to address the people who are really populating. That would be a red flag for me if I lived in Africa. Well, I'll say this. When we talk about westernized, I'd say that the psychological aspect and the social as engineering aspect is is very large, right? They, they basically um, discouraged you from taking part in the traditional nuclear family, having a lot of kids. They've normalized uh, abortions in the westernized world to a large extent. So those aspects, yes. But I also think that we're under biological attack, okay? And, and I believe that the other regions of the world that you're discussing are under even more severe and gratuitous biological attack because they still are 
reproducing, just not at the chemical levels that we've seen through the industrialization of the United States and other countries. You know, the bisphenol A, the uh, amount of statins that you end up finding in the water at this point. You know, they've openly talked about wanting to put statins in the water. Go see what the local tests are of what they're finding in the water. You know, it's it's not just these hormones that, um, you know, they turn the frogs gay. But what's actually happening is they're, um, they're reprogramming their genetics so that these frogs are becoming hermaphroditic. They're messing with hormones. They're encouraging children to have a separate gender identity and using hormonal blockers to alter them forever. That's being encouraged and done in this country. So that goes from just psychological abuse, psychological warfare, in my opinion, to biological warfare in its very outward regard. Yeah. It is, and, and you know, I, this is where I wanted to bring it. Maybe this will be the last, the last kind of a, a subject that we we bring up tonight because it was going to be the main topic, and uh, then then of course the world just started sending us G twenty clips and digital dollars being rolled out all over the place, and you know war uh, war again knocking on our door with rogue missiles landing in NATO controlled countries. So I wanted to bring this all up, but. Um, the initial reason why I booked you tonight, Jason, was because of this story of the CIA's interest uh, in bringing back woolly mammoth and uh, the, the whole concept of resurrecting extinct animals. I'm going to do, I guess, a larger call and show on that with the ethics of, of all that later on in the week. But um, with that in mind, because I know that you've been doing shows on hybrids and, and all that, I'm starting to think like a madman in... In, uh, in in wondering where the hell the world is going, especially with population control and uh, and, and hearing people like uh, Klaus Schwab and all of his friends who want to genetically alter human beings to become smaller and allergic to meat and all the and more docile and 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 control and easily controlled. And if I'm going to think like a madman, and I see that the West has already been biologically and psychologically programmed for self-destruction, then all of these resurrection projects that I read about and the genetic hybrid experiments, it's, uh, it tells me that we could be looking at a future where they can proudly just mass produce assembly line, mass produce cybernetic modified people and take over all means, just like in Brave New World, all means of reproduction based on quotas and specific need for skills that one class of person can provide over another. I, I, it's, I cannot help but think this way. It might be a little bit too science fiction for people, but I think that we are knocking on several doors at the same time. Well, it sounds like you may have read the book Unzip Jeans. <laughs> in 1997 by Martine Rothblatt, the most powerful transgender human being on the planet. You know, the one that wrote, from transgender to transhuman, and also wrote Virtually Human, The Promise and Peril of Digital Immortality. It's so weird that you would think that those things would be intertwined. Wow. But in, in the late 90s, uh, that's exactly what this person was advocating for. And in the book uh, from uh, transgender to transhuman, uh, the argument is that uh, your, bio your biology is accidental anyway. And the idea that you would mark someone down, a boy or a girl, because of their small penis or small vagina will be likened uh, basically to apartheid South Africa. 
you think I'm joking, but that's actually right here. Okay. So they advocate for billions of sexes, and then they talk about the uh, South Africa now abolished pra uh, practice of stamping black or white on people's ID cards. Okay. They talk about that cursory uh, examination of the small genitals and the entire thing. So, uh, yeah, it, it, you're not out of line by thinking that. And chimeric experiments publicly have been going on for decades at universities. They're now starting to talk about them more and more. But even when you talk about resurrecting certain species, the United States doesn't have an exclusivity on that. Uh, I believe it was either Japan or maybe even China, but I, I'm almost sure it was Japan years ago was talking about that same thing with woolly mammoths. And if you want me to get conspiratorial, this is 100% speculation by Jason Burmas. Yes. I want to do this. Um, I'm not a religious man, right? Not a religious man whatsoever, but there are those that believe in the Bible. And often when people talk about the end times and believing in the Bible, that's where people end up saying the dead shall walk the earth again. And they believe in zombies, right? That's like the original zombie story. I've never interpreted it that way. I've interpreted the dead will walk the earth because they're going to resurrect their DNA. So you could go and dig up a John Wayne or have that uh, Ted Williams headline around and just that DNA, all of a sudden, although it's not the same exact person, they're going to look exactly like the per that person. They're going to say share the same genetics. So literally dead people, their genetics are going to be walking the earth again. Totally conspiratorial. Don't believe it. I'm not saying that's going to happen. But if there was something to the Bible and they were getting it right, I see that happening more than some kind of a zombie horde. Oh yeah, I I mean I've been I've been thinking a lot about zombies lately. Ever since I saw, <laughs> ever since I saw the um that the video of that that um that fungus that pretty much hollows out insects and everything else and and has them has taken over their bodies even though they're gone. It's just a fungus acting autonomously. I started thinking about that some kind of even an organic way of uh, of taking over human human bodies and uh, especially if they are connected to a hive mind of some sort how easy it would be and then again we know the connectivity of so many things on a nano techn technological uh, way injectables and everything else um, I, I don't know how many West Point presentations I've seen about um, them being able to control people on a cellular level based on what they can get into their their bodies and um, I think that the, the stars are really the limit, even though this is not something, and, and uh, tech, anything that you want people to uh, to expand on. But I don't know. Um, I don't know, man. That's just where my mind goes. And the fact that you actually had books from years ago to be able to back up that it's a, a very plausible theory. Uh, I'm not surprised, but it does uh, frighten the shit out of me. Well, you know, you just also talked about basically human brain interfaces that what they refer to are non-invasive so they get certain things into your body and then they can make you do certain things well um this is a document uh this is brain computer interfaces u.s military applications implications uh rand corporation document 2040 um just type in magnet and they talk about it basically these injectables um that they'll use magnetic stimulation to interfere with your brain it's right these these signals represent very basic actions in the context of a simple video game such as move left or move right 
nonetheless, especially given that those signals are transferred over, um, what is it, the Internet, the potential to send even basic thoughts across the Internet inherently present many opportunities and, of course, many risks uh, concerning security and ethics. And they talk about uh, using uh, functional magnetic resonance, okay, to identify falsehoods in people. And this is when they also say that these people are in emotional states where a uh, soldier might provide red flags to whether or not they might break psychologically. They also talk about the shooting to miss phenomenon. So we're talking about taking over the will of another human being under the guise of warfare so that they will be a better soldier. So I guess we know how the culture, uh, Klaus Schwab's culture of the future will become a little bit more uniform as opposed to how chaotic it is right now. Uh, uh, uniformity will just be one wireless upload away. I guess I guess that's I guess that's it. And of course, if you have a bad thought, then you'll be fact checked on 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 the on the mark right there. It'll just pop up in your brain. A little Wikipedia will pop up right there in your brain. Incredible. I don't even know if you're going to be allowed to have those kind of thoughts. You know, I, I thought it was really interesting. Glenn Beck had Whitney Webb on last week. It's all that. Um, he acknowledged that it was probably the most important interview that he had ever done. I would agree with that. And one of the comments he made was, you know, he had had a conversation with Ray Kurzweil, and he said to Ray, you know, I accept all this technology. I inject it into my body. Then I say something that you guys don't like. What stops you from turning me off? And he goes, we would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's hope so, right? <laughs> um, well, Jason, uh, it's uh, another wonderful night we uh, we got to spend with you, man. It's always great to, to link up every month and a half or so. And I'm always looking for new reasons to bring you back. So thank you for the time. Can, can you let everybody know what the schedule for the rest of the week looks like for you so they can keep up with your great work? Absolutely. Thank you so much. We actually got a morning show now. We're up at 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. over at Red Voice Media, but that's across all my platforms. That's Eastern Time, Monday through Thursday. And then I kind of throw out other videos uh, the other three days. Uh, but the first hour is free. You can listen to the second hour free in live time on Podbean. You can even call in via the Podbean app. And then after two weeks, we give that second hour away free anyway. So Plenty of content out of there. A lot of great guests interviewed uh, Patrick Byrne yesterday. I'm going to have Craig Pastajardula on tomorrow. I'm doing a pre-record with Roger Stone tomorrow evening. Nice. So we're kicking out the jams. That's awesome. I can't wait. I have to uh, check them all out. I'll keep in touch. And, uh, and yeah, man, keep me in the loop. If there's anything big breaking, just let me know so I can, I can put it into my little newsreels over here as well. I'll hit you in the DMs, brother. Thank you uh, so right. much. All right. Have a good one. Thank you so much, Jason Burmis. Great, great, great time with him as always. We're going to take a really quick break. When we come back, we're getting to your Super Chats. Quite frankly, superchat.com. You do not need PayPal anymore, though, if you want to, the option is there. So it's multiple options, and I hope that you, uh, you call in and all that stuff. It's 820, so we have more than enough time to see what's going on in the audience, and then we will get off here around 8.55, 8.55 or so, so that we are just streaming and ready to go on quitefrankly.tv for whatever is coming out of Mar-a-Lago at 9 o'clock. As I said before, you just, wherever, if you're watching on 
Theta or DLive or Twitch or Rumble, YouTube, Rockfin. You just open up a browser tab to quitefrankly.tv. You can jump into the chat room if you'd like. You should register. It's pretty quick. Don't need to give anything too crazy. Just an email address and pick an e uh, a screen name. And then uh, you just watch with us. That's all I'm going to be doing. I'll do picture in picture, but I'm not going to be talking over it. Maybe, um, maybe give my thoughts for five to ten minutes after it's done and then get out of here because um, I got to eat. And this is a last-minute decision I'm making on my feet here. So, well, I'm not, sit I'm not standing. On my ass. I am making a decision on my ass on the fly. All right, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Welcome to Intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission. Frankly. Quite 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 frankly. So everybody watch, quite frankly, with Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? Alrighty, let's get on with it, shall we? Want to give you all a uh, another little bit of encouragement to go and join the forum, the completely independent Reddit-free forum. Remember, people had a lot of holdups with uh, super chats and forum because it was Reddit and mainly PayPal. Now, neither of that exists. But the forum is very important because it is a place where we can test out new ideas and conversations that will end up not are only uh, are not only enriching on a community level, community of, of audience members, but also enriching in a on in an on air material kind of level. So go become a member. Go become a free member of the forum on quitefrankly.tv. But yeah, re-engineering of the planet. It's crazy. 
We're re-engineering borders, re-engineering dollars, right down to re-engineering our perception of beauty. As we started off with this this uh, this evening with with the with the beauty pageant out of New Hampshire, it's just everything. It's just really really everything. All right, let's get some super chats in, shall we? At the top, we have Revolution says, Long time no super chat, Frank. Sorry about that. Life wanted to give the new system a try and let you know I'm still out here listening and terrorizing your Discord daily. Condolences to Frankly Discord fam member Big Red on his recent loss. Oh, I hope everything's all right. I hate hearing that. Hate hearing that, but I hope everything's all right. And thank you for the super chat, Rev. Stostube says, testing one, two, one, two, super chat, up, up, and away. Great independent media. What can I say? Gotta love it. Get your quite frankly on. Oh, it's so much easier to read these super chats because it's not being crammed into a single column that breaks up words in mid-syllable. And here's Big Red, actually, from two hours ago. Says, RIP Papa Don. And to the Discord, frankly, thank you for putting up with me and for all your thoughts hopes and prayers you've all helped me in the past couple of weeks more than i can express big red did you lose your father um that's what it sounds like i'm i'm sorry i don't i don't know exactly but i'm i'm very sorry that you've been going through any of that and um but that is that shows what kind of uh what kind of people we have out there People form bonds in that Discord especially, but wherever people watch exclusively, there's there's always little cafeteria tables that are very familiar with each other, and over the, over the course of years, you're with people during many personal ups and downs, but all the best to Big Red. All right, and Dawn Engelbrecht says, Hi, Frank. Please consider using my tip as a gift to subscribe to NT Lawyer on Patreon. It'll, uh, you'll be surprised and pleased with the info being shared. Very relevant to current discussions. Love, Dawn. Well, I, I haven't seen NT in a while. I wonder if he's still on... I used to follow NT Crazy Days and Nights on uh, their website. I think I still have the website up. All those blind items, we would incorporate Enti's blind items into the show for years. And now that you bring him up, I don't re- remember seeing him in a while. So i got to check his website, see if he's still on Twitter. A lot of people got purged. And then I don't know where the hell they, they went. So, all right. Into the rumble we go. Jason B says, what's the name of that documentary by Truthstream Media that Jason mentioned? Where can I find it? Um, I don't know the name of the documentary, but uh, considering the subject matter, it should be pretty simple because Truthstream Media, they put out things. It's not like they're, they're posting every day. They put a lot of time into everything that they put out there. Very, uh, I mean, obviously deep and well-researched, but very artistic as well. So it's always a treat when Truthstream put something out there it's always a treat when I see that uh, that notification go on so I would just go there and go through all of their archives and just uh, click through that's what I would say 
All right, let's see. Over to quitefrankly.tv. We'll take some calls. You guys can bring whatever the hell you want to the table. And I think either on Thursday or Friday, we're going to go into the woolly mammoth stories in particular. And we'll talk about the ethics of hybrids and resurrection of dead species and all that. And, um, and yeah, and you can bring all your craziest theories. I want to hear them all. So it's either Thursday or Friday we will do that. Tomorrow night's guest, King Bao, professional MMA and uh, self-proclaimed conspiracy god. It's going to be really, really good. I, I, I don't even know what to expect, but it's going to be good. Um, let's hear over quite frankly TV Kobe Wan says hey Franklies what's going on Kobe Sean Joe thank you Kay Landry says Adel is streaming Trump too y'all should live stream together both my favorites Adel's a good man I just figure since it's Tuesday night and we don't have anything um, consistent that's live on the network on Tuesday I can just sit here and do this for however long it lasts it may only be 15 minutes 20 minutes whatever the hell it is we're just going to stream it, and um, and that'll plug in a uh, an otherwise dead night on the network tonight. So remember, in about 20 minutes, 25 minutes or so, you can get over to quitefrankly.tv and just keep watching from there because that stream will not break. And I'll just capture a, a stream from, capture a feed from Rumble or something. Okay, what else do we have? Porpoiseful. Thank you. River Pike says, God bless the Frank. Oh, I hope. I'll take all the blessings I can get. Man, I shoot them right back at you guys, too. If I can divert a few, I'll please spread it all out. Adalus says, love you, Frank. Thank you, Adalus. Judy the Lady Pug and Frogger12 says, really great interview. I will listen to this again. I will listen to this again. Good. I'm glad. I like doing shows where people are like, wow, I got to listen to this a couple of times. That makes me feel good. It really, really does. All right. First one up on the line. Let's see here. Brady in Lawrence, Kansas. What's going on, Brady? Hey, Frank. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. It's great to have you back on. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, I just wanted to let you know, um, I actually uh, moved to Florida uh, <laughs> oh. a couple of years ago, so I'm no longer in Lawrence, Kansas. Oh, okay. Um, well, either way, I hope everything's going yeah, well in uh, Florida. Oh, yeah, man. I, I just took a new job. Um, I was in the music industry for a while. We talked about that shortly. Uh, I think it was like a year ago, I think, was the last time I called you, and life's been kind of crazy. So I just wanted to check in and say thanks for doing what you're doing, man, and uh, I'm still watching you down here in uh, the sunny state of Florida. Well, I hope that uh, your your first couple of hurricane seasons have been, have been good to you and that everything has been all right because I know that uh, – Florida is a pretty thin state. Sometimes a one storm system just buzz through buzzes through the entire peninsula there. So uh, and and you had a couple of heavy hitters uh, in the last couple of years. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was pretty intense. And it was my first couple ones, but I met my fiance down here. Actually, she uh, was from uh, Venice, Florida, and she helped me get through it, get all prepped and everything. And me and the cats and her like hung out, and it was great. So, uh, but I just wanted to check in, man, and. Um, 
when I have some more important things to talk about, I'll give you a ring. And I just want to say, hey, man, I, I just really appreciate what you do and uh, keep at it. And uh, I'm still uh, on the bandwagon, man. I, I, I really do appreciate you, man. Uh, let me ask you a question, though. Did you meet your fiance yeah. after your move and it was just kismet? You guys. Yeah. Oh, so you you didn't move out there for her. You got you got out there. You found. No, I you moved found... for a job. Yeah, I moved for a job. I went from the music industry to work in IT for the DoD. And, and then you found the treasure of your life. And I found the treasure of my life down here. I just you know I I said I need to flip a coin. I need to make a change in my life. I always say you have to be a little bit uncomfortable to get comfortable again. The music industry wasn't cutting it for fifteen years. I was just burnt out. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this risk. Get uncomfortable. And uh, you know what? It, it, it's been amazing. I'm, and I always, like, when I talk to people, I'm like, hey, you know what? If there's an opportunity that you're not quite sure of, but you can do it, you might as well take, you know, a little bit of risk if you can and see what happens because great things happen when you do that and you get out of the little rut that you're in if you just mentally put yourself towards that. I love it. I love it. Congratulations to you and the fiancé. Well, thank you, sir. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a call, you know, later on. Uh, when I catch you next time, and um, we'll talk a little bit more because I really enjoy our, our chats, man. Thanks oh, so me, much. Me too. Thank you, bro, buddy. Have a good one, and en enjoy uh, sweet, sunny Florida. Smitty, it's been a while, Smitty. How you feeling? Oh, I'm doing all right. How you been? All right, all right. So what are your thoughts tonight? Hey, I, you know, I, I wanted to say, you know, I'm watching, watching the show tonight, I listen to your podcast, I read a lot of different things, um... You know, much as I'm, I'm kind of in the camp of, you know, Dave, X-22, no disrespect, but, you know, I'm tired of the opium. In your opinion, what what are we going to have to do to save our country? Because honestly, as you've said, I think we're circling the drain. Uh, yeah, well, I'm. Hey, it, it. The good thing is that you don't. I don't think you have to be really a prophet or or a soothsayer to talk about what needs to be done. There's only there's only a few things that anybody can do, and in a traditional American sense, it's good because you could be the most patriotic you've ever been in your life if you find a way to. Um, you find a way to just just localize your entire life and to and to to make sure that you are uh, always thinking and acting locally in the best way you can, as Brian McClanahan would uh, would have a uh, would say. But uh, that's really it. I don't know if there's really anything there's really anything to say there. Um, the country as we have grown up, most of anybody who's alive today, the country they have grown up knowing is a counterfeit to the one that was founded in, uh, in, uh, in seven, if you want to put 1776 on it, or if you want to talk about the, um, the end, uh, when we finally ratified the constitution and the, and the, and our, our, our union had some form. Well, uh, that it's really up to you. Uh, we were living a counterfeit existence and, to try to keep this together is really something it's it's a, a stress that is only going to compound and you're only going to become more despondent as time goes on and things get even more unbearable so i would say divorce yourself from that expectation and start thinking about all right well what can i do and what can uh, my community do to be a little bit more self-sufficient and what is my state doing to get farther and farther away from the ticking time bomb that is the federal government that's just really it. that in itself can be overwhelming but at least you're not trying to think about how to solve 50 states problems all at once that is a complete counterfeit to what we were supposed to be and um 
and uh, I know I know it's stressful on the way down, but that's just uh, the better way to to compartmentalize your thoughts and to make them a little bit more bite sized. That's what I'd say, Smitty, and and never lose track of your your personal life, your social life, your family life. Just never lose track of that, and never let any of this bullshit take away any opportunity for you to enjoy the little things. And and it'll, it'll all be all right. It in that respect, at least. That's that's all I can tell you. I, I, it reminds me of what you've talked about in the past of the parallel economy. That's that's a step oh, in the right direction. That's, so, and, and, yeah, and that's all it. part of it. That's all part of it too. Absolutely, you're gonna you're gonna find that at local levels. People are going well uh, on, on even larger than local levels. There's going to be new websites. There's going to be new payment processors. There's going to be people uh, that that are uh, are putting out services and products that jive with you philosophically a little bit more. That make you feel better about the way that you're engaging in commerce across state lines or locally. You're going to find people locally are a lot more prone to bartering again. You're going to see a lot more localized approach to education and everything else. And those are great, great things. Because, as I said, there is no saving the ticking time bomb in, uh, in, in D.C. And to, to alleviate yourself of that stress is a great, great thing because it's, um, it, it makes election nights like the midterms a, a little bit easier to bear. You just have to accept these things sometimes and, and, uh, and, and find sunnier paths forward. Well, I guess uh, not to tie you up too much longer, I would just say that uh... – it helps to have a good sense of humor and a good to laugh even when it gets dark. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, you have a good night, and uh, best to you and the family. You too, Smitty. Yes. No, uh, sense of humor is great. Sense of humor is great. Got to really force it out sometimes. I force it out. I force it out. Do I force it out? And I do it for you because sometimes I would, I would mope. But then I also think, what do people not want to tune into? Ah, oh, no moping, Frank. It's okay to have emotional shows. We got to cover the gamut. There's a lot of human emotions out there that needs to be, uh, that needs to be, I don't know, stimulated in some way or else it's not fully human. But can't mope for too long. Uh, Chris from the Berkshires. What's going on, Chris? Hey, Frank, what's going on? What's going on? Give me some thoughts. Good to hear from you. Uh, first and foremost, Burmis is always great. Uh, he's slowly becoming, you know, one of my favorites on the, on the you know, continuing guests. He's, he's, he's actually very, you know. Yeah, I love Burmis as a guest. Great guest. Uh, sorry. Uh, so either way, um, I, I want to go back to last night's conversation and about, um, you know, Hollywood's drones and everything like that. I'm currently reading um, The Manchurian Candidate, and it's one thing to, to think about how all of these, you know, Hollywood people are programmed and, and, and strapped and, and held down and forced down into certain things. But, and then I just sit there and I think about it, and I'm like, how many of these sleepers do you think are actually out there? This is, this is something that I've just been thinking over the, over the course of reading this book, you know, and I'm just like, this makes a ton of sense, and, and, and it's probably more true than anything else. And if they have Hollywood people that have this ability to do, to do, you know, basically what Kanye and so many people are exposing currently, but you know, on top of it, all it takes is one one little news article, and we saw it exactly what happens for for these quote unquote sleepers to come out of the woodwork and burn down your fucking cities. So it's just, I mean, it's just something that I was reading about. And I just figured I'd see if I can get your your opinion on it. Uh, well, well, other than that, you know. 
great show. Well, I, hey, man, uh, I I appreciate that. And when it when it comes to the the revelations of well, especially what we have going on with Kanye. In fact, I, I can play this. Thanks for the call, Chris. Let me uh, let me play this real quick. Um, this was the one from yet like more things like this. This is Kanye talking about sacrifice. Uh, people's parents and things like that being sacrificed. Listen to this. It's scary. They can't control you. They can't. They, they, they try to suppress you, but that's how they try to categorize They you. can't control me. You get what I'm saying? They can control Shaq. They can control Charles Barkley. They can control LeBron James. They can control Jay-Z and Beyonce. But not you, man. But they can't control me. Not you see, you. it ain't no name I won't name. Exactly. It's up. Not you. You know what I'm saying? And just for Minister Farrakhan, I love you, but the way you read that, I took that as a slight. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't take no disrespect from nobody, so let's get on the phone and let's talk that out. I don't care who you are. I don't know what Louis Farrakhan said about him as far as that comment goes, but uh, just keep listening to this. A little bit left. I ain't taking no slice from nobody, right? I ain't taking no slice from nobody. It's God. That's the only person that I serve. My mom ain't here. My mama was sacrificed. Me too. You understand? Yeah. Appreciate Michael you. Jordan. What about him? His daddy, right? Mm-hmm. Bill Cosby, his son, right? Dr. Dre, his son. You know, out in Hollywood, a lot of people come up missing. Feels like it might be a lot of that in order to control, traumatize. They want to monetize and traumatize. And God loved me. You understand? They, they hit me. Gap, Adidas, all that away. Still, Forbes, who hate me, right? Had to write net worth 400 million. Jesus is king. God loved me. That's more important than being alive. That's the thing. You know what I'm saying? It's, and this truth is going to be heard. It's scary. They can't control. While he's talking about it, he said, I didn't kill nobody. Let me see. Don't be heard. I don't know why that's glitching out right there. But he gets to the line where he says, I didn't kill nobody. They they got nothing on me. So, I mean, it's... Why did I bring that out? Uh, that that up? It, it, it's a little bit more... I think it's a little bit more po- easier. It's easier for people to really conceive of how... Um, how the herd mentality of human beings has been figured out a long time ago and how it's been weaponized through uh, media boxes like the radio and the television, how they all, how they all respond to, to, to perceived threats, how they all respond to perceived figures of authority, yeah, especially when it comes to cultural authorities like Hollywood starlets and all that stuff and, you know, whatever they wear, somebody's going to want to have. They are great ways to stimulate an economy, great ways to modify behavior. But to be able to gain access to the millions who adore people like Kanye West or any other celebrity that you may or may not have any interest in, uh, to be able to gain access to the millions that adore the celebrity, they need to be able to control the celebrity. And obviously, they are under tight, tight control. Tight control. We're talking about pharmaceutical control. We're talking about so many different factors here. Um, it's uh, it's it's actually it's it's rather startling. 
even when you already have had an idea of the way it's been for a long time based how based on how other people have come forward to talk about the way it's been so yeah um I'm going to take a really quick break. When we come back, we're going to take one or two more calls, and then we are going to wrap this one up so that we can get in a comfy, cozy position to watch whatever the hell is going to come out of Mar-a-Lago in about 20 minutes. Hopefully he's not too uh, fashionably late. And away we go, because a good portion of the, uh, the country who pays attention to this stuff will be watching. All right, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. down in the basement since it happened. Five days now. I think he's having some kind of a mental situation. You know, an episode or something. All right. Hey, you better do something. I don't want to be known as the brother-in-law of the town nut job. I got enough problems already. Oh, shit. I got water all over myself. gotta start doing some lyrical breakdowns again we gotta do lyrical breakdowns again angels on the sideline puzzled and amused why did father give these humans free will now they're all confused don't these talking monkeys know that Eden has enough to go around plenty in this holy garden silly monkeys where there's one you're bound to divide it right in two Angels on the sideline, baffled and confused. Father blessed them all with reason, and this is what they choose. Monkey killing monkey, killing monkey over pieces of the ground. Silly monkeys give them thumbs, they forge a blade, and where there's one, they're bound to divide it right in two. Angels on the sideline. I also want to let you know, because we brought up 
reading before. I forgot who was talking about what they were reading. Maybe Chris from the Berkshires was talking about things that they were reading. There is a little something. I wanted to give you a reminder of for book club in 2023. Here's what we're going to be reading in 2023. I think we're starting the year off. I'm either going to start the year off with Brave New World with Jay Dyer. Or we're going to start the year off with The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis with Timothy Gordon. It's either going to be one or the other. It's either going to be January 1 and and, and about, about uh, March the other or vice versa. But that's what we're starting it off. So you got to get Brave New World. you got to get The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. I also want to read De Tocqueville. Democracy in America. That's something everybody should read, and I would love to read it again. Um, we got to read Democracy in America, and I want to read with the, uh, as far as fiction, my fiction pick, although I guess, you know, C.S. Lewis and Brave New World are fiction as well, but um, as far as my pure fiction, like pulp fiction pick, Godfather. I want to read The Godfather for the first time in my life by Mario Puzo. Right now, I'm reading this book uh, about the making of The Godfather called um, Leave the Gun, Take the Cannoli, and it is awesome. It is so awesome. It's things that I just did not know about, uh, and, and I'm, I'm really just soaking this up, and it makes me want to read The Godfather, the actual um, the book, so these are things that I want to do in 2023. So just letting you know, just letting you know. We're going to be doing book club as we did in 2022 in grand style. We'll take, you know, chapter assignments. We get together on a one day, a, a fixed day of the week at fixed time. I don't know if it's going to be Friday night anymore. It's got to be something else because the Friday nights, they became a little bit taxing, even though I really love doing it. Um, I, I just kind of want the week to be over at nine o'clock on a Friday. So uh, I'm going to find some other time to do it, but it, it's going to be good to get these introspective breakdowns on on the, the pros, on the character developments and arcs. Uh, it, it's going to be... I love doing all that stuff. It was great with Malachi Martin. So um, Brave New World would be wonderful. A lot of people have already read that, but it's good to read it in a group and to really take it sentence by sentence and to see how much it applies to where we are right now. The Great Divorce is simply stunning. It's a stunning book. And it's not too long. Um, it's a travel through the afterlife and I think it's, I mean, it was, it was a summertime read of mine two years ago, I think in 2020, right before Aurora was born, or it could have been 2019. And I, um, I loved it. And I just thought about that, but democracy in America and, and the Godfather, we got to do no doubt about it. All right, let me go to the Super Chats, make sure I'm getting everybody uh, in. Quite frankly, superchat.com. Quite frankly, superchat.com. And over on the Pilled, we've got... Oh, wait, no, no, we're all caught up. Good. Good. Fantastic. 914-595-6953. We'll take a couple, maybe one more call. And then we're done for the evening done for the evening what else do I have 
Um, here we go. Uh, Chris, what's going on? Chris from Wisconsin. How you doing? Oh, wait, hold on, Chris. That's my bad. Wait, 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 wait. Chris, you there? Yeah, it's me. Oh, uh, there you Blake. go. Perfect. How are you, my friend? Talked before. I had yeah, I had the uh, the speakers well. the speakers all uh, muted. My bad. Go right ahead. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing very well, thanks. Um, first of all, I just want to say thank you. Uh, I really appreciate your perspective on everything, and I just love the show, man. Thank you. Um, and I just wanted to say a little something about uh, what really helps me in these crazy times, um, and that's kind of just recognizing that um, you know these obstacles are just opportunities from God, basically. Uh, to help our souls evolve, you know what I mean? So it's it's all kind of about perspective and how we look at things and just realize that, you know, um, fear isn't real, you know, and the cure to fear is faith. So fear kind is... of the way I look at things. And... Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 love, I love that perspective. Fear being greater than the seed, you know, um, and, and I know that because I have a couple of, uh, I have a, have a couple of really big irrational uh, fears that uh, I like opossums. Uh, yeah, shit, shit like that. You know, shit like that. And I and I'm I'm actually have been working uh, working up to getting some fears conquered. But yeah, shit like that, ridiculous. Because you know, it it, it really becomes a problem when you don't um, when you don't look it in the eye. Whatever that fear is, um, you know, there's there's a lot more universal, bigger fears that people had the i mean there's there's stuff that's just ancient the unknown uh death there because there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's rooted in that is alleviated like you said right there uh the thing that kills fear is faith but there's so much there's so much that gets in the way of a human's ability to be to live perfectly within the grace and confidence of faith in anything especially in in god or or something of that of that nature that's that's bigger than our our time here there's so many things on a on a on a on a logical level that cast doubt that that shake faith it's a struggle day in day out and that ability to hold on to that is um is that's that's it's a big problem man it really is for people and i think that when we have such yeah, a shaky sure. when we have such a shaky culture that's what contributes to to uh fear becoming the the big, the the much more ex- fully expressed um, emotion in our in our time. It's just uh, we have a hard time holding on to the things that are universal and good. Yeah, and I think what really helps me is that um, I just think about how powerful love is. You know, it's like love will just destroy fear uh, anytime. Um, it's incredibly powerful, and you know, pos- positivity is so much more powerful than the negativity, right? Mm-hmm. And they're both contagious. And if you're in a situation that's very negative, if you if you can, if you're able to flip it around and make it positive, you know whatever the opposite side of that thing is, it'll it'll just blow your mind how how that works. It's crazy. But, well, I appreciate your 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 thoughts to end the night here, Chris. I I really do, and um and I and I have some thoughts on that that yeah I I hate to be on a on a uh, it's not a downer side. It's more of a a personal. Uh, anecdote and story that I, I think about a lot and I thank you for again for the call have a wonderful evening um, I remember when I think about that I think about the other thing that really challenges us as we go through life and it's I have to wrap this up because it's 851 and we only have a couple of more, more minutes here but that is um, 
That is loss. That is how to deal with loss and how to keep faith and how to, um, after many decades of being alive, how to uh, take the cumulative total of all the things that have gone on in your life and, and hold on to something that is that is that really inspires happiness. I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. This, uh, well, I'll always remember this, and I, and I want to incorporate it into whatever I'm writing next. I was with my grandfather one day toward the last years of his life. He was in the, the kitchen, and he still liked to cook for us, um, even up to like the last few years that he was um, you know, independent. And he was already on dialysis a um, couple times a week at this point, and it would wipe, just wipe him out. He was about 79, 80 years old. He lived until he was about 83. And uh, he had made some, I don't know, fish sticks or whatever the hell it was. He was just getting simple at that point. And uh, it was just me and him in the, in the kitchen. And he just looked, just wiped out. And he just said, oh, Frank, I tell you, I just want it all to be over. And I didn't know what to say to that. So I said, I said, well, 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 Grandpa, don't don't you think you've had a a really good life? Thinking, well, hey, you know, think think of the bright side, you know, think about this wonderful long life you've had and all that. And he responded, he said, my married life was good. And that's it. So I think about that, you know. Um, my grandmother died when she was 76, and from 76 to 83, he didn't have her. And that's just, that's that last leg. That, if you can keep your faith and your happiness and your joy through that, I, I've just seen how how tough that is. That's why... Man, I soak everything up. So, yeah, that's um, I have no no um, illusions about how tough this gets and how easy it is to, you know, have a pep in your step when you're in your your twenties, thirties, forties, fifties. Even people that young haven't had a a really uh, a really easy going life. But I, I I understand it's a lot easier right now to be optimistic and happy about things because you know it it wears on you so you, you have to have that shield up uh and, and it'll and I, I can see how that helps you along the way but those are the things i think about and i try to keep in into perspective to keep things uh expectations and intentions reasonable you know so yeah anyway all right, it's 8.55. I'm going to get off here. I'm going to get off on YouTube and on Theta and on Twitch and on Rumble and on D... Uh, no, DLive will still be live. DLive will still be live because that is like my main launch point on OBS. So Foxhole on QuiteFrankly.tv or the DLive, that's where we're going to be. I appreciate you all so very much. Thank you to... Um, to Patriot Angie for Liberty says, if Trump does not denounce the Republican GOP rhino party, I'm done. Independent party now. XOXO, smiley face. Thank you, Angie. Thank you, everybody else. I uh, I really appreciate the, the evening and the wonderful, Tonight. wonderful company. I will talk to you soon. Have a wonderful one. Tomorrow is another day.
great guest. Who the hell knows what kind of a fun time will be had, but a fun time will be had by all. See you in a little bit. Get to quitefrankly.tv. I'll catch you on the flip side. frankly is filmed before a live studio audience and now our super chatter starting with patriot angie for liberty revolution stostube big red and dawn thank you guys and gals and to all my wonderful gold pillars i will see you on the website don't go anywhere it's gonna be a good one nighty night